This is A Smaller Life, a podcast about making more conscious and more ethical choices within our crafts. Hosted by me, Saskia de Feijter. I'm a small business owner who wants to grow by going smaller. Together with local makers, I make tools, yarns and accessories for knitters that want to buy less, buy better, make more and make it last. Keeping away the overwhelm and all the ridiculousness of overconsuming within our crafts. In the podcast, I endeavor to answer the question we ask ourselves before we start a project. What do we buy? Where do we buy? Who do we buy from? Or don't we buy at all? But use what we already have. Because when you think about what you do, you take more time and end up with less of everything. As a result, you'll get a smaller life. In this episode, we talk to Brechtje Verhoef. Brechtje has been working together with me for, jawohl, for over a year now. She makes our solid wood sock blockers, and she is so good at doing that. We talk about how we started working together, but we mostly focus on the process of making the sock blockers and how we calculate the price This is very insightful, and I think it would be very interesting um, to hear how this works if you don't know how the process goes. Brechtje is lovely. We work together so nicely in our own specific way. We talk about that too. So enjoy the episode, and I hope you'll pick up some new information. And we have to switch to English. Hello, Paul. How yes. are you doing, Tama, Floor? Hello. Hardcore groupje. I'm super, super happy that Brechtje is here because she is one of my cherished makers of the Jawel goods. She is the maker of the Jawel sock blockers. And we've been working together for... A year now. A year. Yeah. A little over a year. Uh, I think it's or, a little over, yeah. Yeah, but before, it, it took some time to get our first product on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always a little bit of a journey. <laughs> yep. Um, and we kind of work together like it usually goes with Yavol. I uh, am looking for, I, I'm looking for a maker or a maker finds me. And then um, I have an idea for a product And then we work on it together. So it's always like a mixture of what I think the uh, Yavol customer needs or wants. And then the expert does the expert, has the expertise to um, make it into an actual thing. So it's ideas and hands. I really, really love how that works. And then the process is almost the best thing about it. It's almost not even the selling of the item, but the process of getting there and making it work is so much fun. But it's let's, satisfying. yeah, it's really satisfying. <laughs> so, but let's start by if you could just tell us who you are and what it is that you do besides making the sock blockers. Yeah, because there's a whole more, a whole bigger world besides making some. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, my name you've already heard. 
Uh, I'm a woodworker. I'm Brechtje. I live in uh, Utrecht in the middle of uh, the Netherlands. I've only been a woodworker for the last year. Before that, I never touched wood uh, in a way that like you have done before. So I just used wood for like spindles or anything, but I didn't make anything from it. But I was um, yeah, at a beurs. What's a beurs in English? A fair. A fair. Uh, and I bought my first spindle and I was looking at it from different sides and I just, I saw it and I just thought, well, I can do this. I never did anything with wood, but I just thought, well, I, I can do this. I, I can. So I played with it from all sides. I, I didn't spin anything with it because I didn't know how to, but I... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You didn't know how to spin? I did with a spinning wheel, but not with oh, a spindle. Oh, but not with, oh, right. Yeah, so, so you no you flipped it backwards. You you thought yeah. I'll just make a spindle first, and then I'll learn how to use it. Yep, it is. Ah. It's really true. I, <laughs> I made spindles before I, I start using it. That's for the Turkish spindles, and that's for the supported spindles as well. I wanted to start spinning on a supported spindle, so I thought I'd turn a supported spindle first. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And for people who uh, don't know uh, much about spinning, because we have listeners that are like true knitters or not even in the textile arts, can you explain uh, what a Turkish uh, spindle is yeah. and what a supported spindle is? Oh, I have them here besides me so I can show and I'll explain it too for the people who are just listening. Mm-hmm. A Turkish spindle, um, there are three types of spindles. Well, there are a, a dozen types of spindles actually, but I make only a few of them. Uh, a Turkish spindle is a spindle that has four arms and a shaft in the middle. Mm-hmm. And you have a thread of yarn and it hangs. So you spin the yarn and your spindle goes lower and lower and that's how you make yarn. Yeah, so the weight... And- the weight, yeah, yeah, exactly. The weight of the spindle, uh, you use the weight of the spindle when you have a decent length. Yeah. You just wrap it around the arms. And when you have a lot of yarn spun, you can remove the thinnest arm mm-hmm. from this. First the shaft out, then the thinnest arm. And after that, you will have... I like that so much. It looks a little bit like it's the simplest uh, jigsaw puzzle you've ever seen. Like, so there's three pieces. You first put in the two pieces together so it makes a cross. And then from the bottom to the top, you put in the shaft, shaft, depending on where you live in England and in America. And then, um, and the fun thing is, if you wind the yarn onto the, let's call it the cross, or does it have an official word? No, it's just a cross. Yeah. And and then it looks a little bit like a turtle. It's so cool. Yeah. You make Very turtles. cute too. Yeah. yeah. So, uh-huh. and, and it's really convenient because if you take out the the pieces of wood, you you end up with a ball of yarn, which is... You yep. don't have to wind the ball anymore. It already is a ball. Exactly. And that's, and that's really, really hard to imagine if you're not seeing it, but Google it, people, Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Go to Brechtje's website. It will be, uh, we'll, we'll communicate the website. Yeah. So that's the Turkish spindle. Um, and there's the supported spindle. That's a bit longer and it's, um, you don't hang it on the thread, but you use it in a bowl. 
so you have it on the table or on your lap or anything, but you use it in the bowl and then you flick it on the top and then the yarn uh, is, yeah, well, on the top. Yeah, it's really hard yeah. to explain. It's, it's hard to explain if you're not yeah. seeing it. Yeah, it looks like, yeah. um, what's the word for tall? Yeah, spindle. Spindle. Is it uh, like even with a normal uh, tall, like a play, uh, like uh, a kid's one? I think so. Yeah, okay. but I'm not sure. Yeah. It also into, looks, this I'm one kind of looks... <laughs> <laughs> this one kind of looks like if you turn it around, it looks like uh, the poppy seeds uh, pot. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. so it's uh, heavier in the bottom. There's a ball and there's like a stick small, that goes. Yeah, the small, yeah, small shelf. Yeah. Well, this one's really special because I made uh, I made the shelf very uh, thin, so I have uh, a cross made for it, so you can mm. use uh, as a Turkish spindle nifty, too. Nifty, nifty. Yeah. Very nice. So that's what I make besides uh, sock blockers. And I also make some hair sticks, little sticks for to put up your hair. And... If you want to build or grow your business in textile crafts, why don't you join our online community for the small monthly contribution of only 10 euros, which is basically $10-ish. You get to hang out, learn from, and share your business and your personal craft journey with all the lovely people there. Support the podcast at the same time, and you get everything wrapped into one loving package. I would love to welcome you there. Go to patternshift.fm and click community. And while you're there, sign up for our emails so you'll never miss a thing. Yeah. And how did you how did you start woodworking? How did you come to this? Yeah, well, I bought a spindle and I thought, oh wait, I think yeah. I can do it. Yeah, so, you actually, yeah. Yeah, well, um But you you weren't interested in in it before? Nope. Never. <laughs> it's so never. funny. And no, did you just, immediately thought, love it or was it a struggle? No, I both? loved it. I, I I just took on the challenge. Um I I I phoned my mother and I said, "Mom, we're going to make spindles. And she laughed. And said, oh, well, well, we, we didn't have a plan for today. So we'll go, we'll, we'll go make spindles. That's cool. <laughs> so <laughs> your mom helped? She, yeah, she came over and we sat in the, in the garden and we took all the tools I had and it weren't much. <laughs> wow. And you succeeded the first time? Um, well, we didn't have uh, proper tools. So after 30 minutes of struggling, we ended up uh, going to the shop to get yeah. new tools. Mom, we need more tools. Yeah, we need more. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we bought more tools and we tried these tools. And then after an hour, okay, these are not the right tools. We need more tools, Mom. We need more tools. Yeah, we need more tools. <laughs> <laughs> so we went back to the shop and then my mother kept telling everyone, yeah, we are, we made, a, we have a new business. We make spindles. <laughs> So, but you, you, you make and one we, and then, and, then and you it. immediately make it into a business. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Well, I made one and when it was finished, uh, I thought, well, this looks like a spindle. I can make another one. And then I made another one and another one. And then I had six. And when I had six, uh, I was really happy and uh -huh. I showed it to a very experienced spinner and she said, well, I can try one if you want. And I said, well, go ahead, try one. 
and it was very instable. And I was like, oh no, what's going on? I didn't even test them because I was just, I, it looked like a spindle, so it should work. She advised me to uh, shorten the top. So I just uh, took off a centimeter of all shots and then they were stable again. Nice. And then I put them on the internet and you bought the first one. That's right. <laughs> I did. I kind of forgot that. I was the yeah. first one. And yeah. I love it. It's so tiny. It's so cute. I um, It's kind of misplaced with the, it's not lost. It's not lost <laughs> because I, I moved and I, today I'm actually, if you're on the, if you're on the community, you can see I'm working through my works in progress. So I'm going to find it. It's in one of the bags. <laughs> well, um, I still have that centimeter. I cut off your top. It's still in my kitchen. <laughs> really? I'll keep it. We can like, because we've never met in real life. Nope. So, so we can, we can like bring them together one day. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really really cute it's it's like I think it's about four inches ten, ten, ten centimeters yeah. long ten, ten and centimeters. it go it, it came in a little tin and I think I have a Haarsehopjes uh, tin yeah, or something it's a yeah. uh, it's Dutch candy and uh, it's super cute and I take it um if I go on a holiday it goes with me because it's so portable and it's so fun to do and uh, I love it and it has that that inexplicable thing that handcrafted items and handcrafted tools have it is so different from anything that's not handcrafted it there's no way I can explain it unless I go a little woo woo it just has soul it has yeah, a lot of life put into it and you know it when you use it, you know it when you see it and it makes the world of difference um, when you compare it to items that are not handcrafted by somebody that does it with love. Yep. Um, do, you, do you always love doing it or do you sometimes throw around your tools because you have an off day or well, <laughs> an off tool? I'm in a very uh, luxurious position that I don't have to work. Um, so I only work when I feel like working. Uh, so that's very convenient. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, sometimes I'm in a flow and then I work for a few weeks in a row and I can't imagine I'm ever going to stop doing something. Uh, just continue from morning to evening. Yeah. Uh, and there are weeks uh like the present weeks uh, that I don't do anything at all. Uh, I have some spindles lying around that all need that only need a finishing touch, and I just uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not up to it, so they just lie there, waiting for me to get into that flow again. Yeah, and yeah. that's fine because I don't have to, uh, no. and that's the best part because my work is being creative, and I think that if I force myself into working, my creativity. Um, uh, will get in the way it will get in the way of my creativity so. it's, there's definitely a balance there that is important to um, keep looking for um, working, with, working with wood is uh, it's calming for me it's soothing uh, it really helps me relax and keep my mind of things in real life um, so it is good for me to do things uh, but only if I feel like it yeah yeah that's the um, nice balance. The um, I'm all about the balance all the time. Um, yeah. 
yeah, sometimes, uh, like, I had this weird day today as well. I had like a huge headache and a lot of things on my um, to-do list in my bullet journal. Um, but if you, if I really looked at them, they really didn't need to be done today. So, nope. um, and I think a couple of years uh, ago, I would have forced myself to do them anyway. And then the next day you feel even worse. Yeah. And uh, I just called a friend and we talked about this and how uh, sometimes your body just tells you not today. And then the yeah. next day you you soar and you fly forward and things work and yeah so um and I think as business partners I think we have found a balance as well because when you make um the sock blockers you usually make quite a few and at the same time they only go online when they're ready and so I also do now we put in if they are sold out people can still order them but then I talk to people about how long it will take before they get ready so there's always communication about it there's never like a solid promise when unless they're online at that moment so you can always communicate with the customer and that's great it works fine for you for me I think for the customers, I haven't had any complaints yet. No, there's just no pressure, and that's relaxed no, for everyone. And I think that is, I like Yavol turned in that kind of business. So um, it's all good. It's all good. Well, you can run your um, company uh, in a shop style or the artist style. And mm -hmm. when I mean shop style, you want to have everything in stock all the time. And when you do it artist style, you just make something. And when you have it made, you sell it. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. So I only sell what I have. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel pressure about making something. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds healthy to me. And if it's as sustainable as uh, in your type of business, if it works, it works. I think for some people it might not work, but for us, it works like a charm. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about the process of making the sock blockers? Um, I've got them right here. You can hear them. Um, oh, these two pairs. Sock blockers are basically wooden shapes in the shape of a foot slash sock. And if you knit your socks and if you are ready with them, you wash them and you let them dry on the blocker. And this helps uh, give your sock the shape and size that is always consistent. And also it makes the stitches really shine. And if you have a little bit of open uh, knitting or lace work, it makes it really lo look really good. Um, and what we made together is sock blockers that are two sizes. So the leg of the sock of the shape is also the foot and the other yeah. way around. So you can use it for two sizes. So if you have a family that's well balanced, you only <laughs> need one. <laughs> <laughs> and otherwise you just need to instead of maybe four five 
So yeah, and now I'm going to let you take the mic and tell us about how you make them. <laughs> well, making them is not even the first step. Um, then you have to pick the wood. Picking the wood is first in process. Um, we wanted to make the shop rockers look very pretty. So we wanted very nice wood. And we also wanted sustainability. So I don't want to run off to some big wood shop and buy exclusive, expensive wood from a rainforest or something uh, that has flown over the world and made a lot of kilometers. So instead, there is a local wood shop. It's actually, it's a wood turner, but he sells wood as well. Um, and he had a lot of beautiful European wood, European, what is it? European nut, European walnut. That's it. But uh, wood, um, it wasn't flat. So to start making them, I have to make it flat. Well, I'm not doing that myself. The uh, wood turner does it for me because he has a lot of very pretty equipment that I can't afford. Well, maybe if I could afford them, I wouldn't be able to stash them in my living room. Because for the people who don't know, um, I work from my living room. <laughs> yeah, she has a woodworking shop right in her living room. I can't believe we missed that part. It's the funniest yeah. part of all. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, uh, and actually, I wanted to move everything to my shed the other day. Uh, my mom, I, I, I thought it would make her happy, but she said, "No, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm, 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 I'm already used to it having it in your living room. So leave it there now." <laughs> okay, well, okay, I'm leaving it. Anyway, um, so he makes he makes it flat, so the, uh, it gets thinner then. So that's why uh, the sock blockers are not even evenly thick. Well, they are each, but not each pair is as thick as the other pairs. Um, then, of course, we have uh, we have to draw the outlines with a rough saw. I don't know what the saw is. Uh, the decoupeersaw. Yeah. Let's just call it a saw. Yeah, with, with saw number one, <laughs> I make a, uh, we, we saw it with very big outlines and then with saw number two, I do a more accurate job and then it's time to make the holes in it. Um, we have a special setup for it because we want the holes in two uh, sock blockers to be on the same position. So we make the holes with two sock blockers at the same time. And well, it, not every pair is perfectly even, but hey, it's, it's made oh. by hand. So it's, it's not even all Even enough, even enough. Even enough, yeah. So we can make the holes with a, with a drill, of course. Um, and then it's all about fine tuning. Uh, and it's a lot of sanding. It's sanding, 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 <laughs> sanding. <laughs> and then when you think you have done enough sanding, it's even more sanding. <laughs> They're really, really smooth. If you feel them, there's like they're super, super smooth. Yeah, that's. I think um, most of the time it takes a little over two hours to make them, and one to hour make one pair sending. to make one pair. Yeah, and one hour is uh, sanding and making them smooth. Yeah, and then after sanding, it's sanding oil. Oil, yeah, it takes three layers, and um, it's quite a setup to do all lay all oil in one layer. 
uh, all at the same time, I mean, because you don't want, if you have to apply three layers, you don't want to do that in two phases. No. Because then it will be six times oiling. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't make sense to make one pair at a time, right? It, it, no. And like, it doesn't make sense for the hours you put in and from there, it doesn't make sense for the price we have to ask. So we have to be a little bit smart about that. It takes a lot of steps to make them. Um, yeah. And it, it takes a lot of uh, different stages. It's not just uh, at my place, it's at the wood turner's place. So you don't want to go to the wood turner's place to smoothen uh, just one pair of sock blockers. You want to do 20, yeah. uh, 10, yeah. pair, 10 pairs. You want to make use of the time. Pairs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm always, uh, I like to be super transparent and honest about the process of the Yavol goods. And we recently had to raise the prices because we looked at it and it didn't make sense. It had to, they had to be raised. I've totally changed, well, I haven't changed. I've always thought that, but I've been more clear about it. It was so funny though, Brechia, because I felt like when you called me, you were like, um, 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 <laughs> and it was like, I was like, no problem. If it takes that long to make, it should have the right price. And I'm not the one that's going to tell you, you are wrong because you know how long it takes and it should be the right price. So, and then when you, there's, there's different ways you can go about this. And, uh, I've turn it around into being totally honest and I've always been honest but like completely open about all the steps which a lot of shops don't do that because they don't think it's necessary but because it's part of the conscious knitting and the story we tell I think it's important to know how much time goes into it and also before I was scared to ask like a real price for the sub blockers. Yeah. So I made um, project bags with my daughter and we put them in project bags with like an extra piece of soap or something. Yeah, we so made it into like a luxury pa package. So you would, the people would accept that they were this price because you get the project bag and you get an, obviously the project bag wasn't that much work but it was the perceived value that we did that for and it's kind of complicated isn't it because you don't want to lie to the consumer but we all know how things work so I, th I think people know that already um, and then we went and raised the prices without project bags and I didn't really it's no, not that I didn't really care, but it, I didn't feel bad about it because my my mind has shifted so much about these things. Because two months before we raised our price, I raised all my prices, all my spindles and everything. And it's, it's because of the same. I just started thinking about what I ask for my product. And I was like, okay, what am I making? Uh, what kind of money am I making for the time I spend making it? And it kind of shocked me to see that I was just making things for minimum wages. Yeah. Uh, although my prices weren't that low, they are considering you're doing some very specialistic work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of work for one spindle. I mean, for a one turkey spindle, um, it's 
two hours work and then asking 50 euro that that's, yeah. that's not much money yeah um and it hit me when i wasn't able to make a shaft for, for one of my spindles uh, because uh, i had a herniated disc in my neck so i had to ask the wood turner to make a shaft for me because uh, it was a, a request for a customer so he made it for me and i asked him okay what what do i have to pay for this shaft and he asked me 50 euro and i was like yeah. okay Wait. I remember that. I wait. This is what I asked for the complete spindle. Yeah, well, then you're underpricing your product. And I was like, you are so right. Yeah. yeah. And what did what happened with your sales numbers? They doubled in a week. <laughs> that is the craziest thing. Do you have well, an explanation? Yeah, well, I uh, raised my prices and I explained it on Instagram and on my website. I was completely transparent about why I raised it and why I think they exactly. should be raised. Because it, it, it wasn't the right price. I, I was just not respecting myself with the price I was asking for my products. And how can I respect my customers if I don't even respect myself? And that's where it all starts. You cannot sell a good product if you don't respect yourself and what you ask for it. Well, it's not sustainable. Your business is not sustainable in the long run in terms of being able to keep it going. True. Very true. And, and the fun goes away too. Yeah. You don't want to do it anymore at some point. Then we are back at the balance part yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I explained to everyone why I raised my prices and uh, people just accepted it without a blink and they ordered an extra spindle. And that made me really happy because I, I knew then it was a good decision to do it. Yeah. That. And that's why I called you and said, okay, the soft blockers, we have to raise the price. And yeah. I was so happy uh, with your reaction about it. And we are so on the same level with this and how we yeah. do it. Absolutely. Uh, very happy about it. Yeah. Let's go a little bit deeper into that. So the price for them right now. It's so new that I really have to think. <laughs> it's 100. Yeah, it's 100 euros. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's compare it to the different types of sock blockers you have. And this is not meant, by the way, people, this is not meant to sell them. This is meant to explain how this whole process works, right? So you've probably seen these ones before. I've got a pair of them. And I also have these for mittens. They are, what is it called? Plywood? Yeah. And they're... Yeah, uh, three, three millimeters, four millimeters. Yeah. It's not very thick. I think this is, this is three. And yeah. it's laser cut. And I sell laser cut needle gauges. So I know the process and I know the cost a little bit. I think to make a pair of these, it's about... 20 euros to make them and I think they get sold for 30 28 on Etsy they do the job but they won't do it for two yeah, or three lifetimes like these will <laughs> no. so if you only want to knit like two sets of socks then these are great and they will probably last longer but this is just a completely different products right the the handmade, what I explained earlier, but also we tried to, in the design, make it worth the money by designing it so that it can block two 
sizes of socks. So essentially they are 50 euros instead of a hundred euros. Yeah. And a size. yeah, for solid wood, handmade, all of that. And oh, we forgot one step. When they when they arrive here, I brand them with the Yavol brand. <laughs> that also takes half an hour when I do them all together. So and this is like the cheapest version is obviously the plastic ones. These are probably four cents to make. I'm not sure what they sell for. I think he, oh. the, these have a, a huge profit they margin do. because I think they also are around 20 euros. Or yeah, not. they're 23, 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, plastic, I don't know. I hate them, but they were like, we, we use them for the basic shape for the sizes and stuff. Yeah, but, the size. yeah, we kind of stole them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> For our sock blockers, it's uh, when I round it, it's 10 euros, just material only. Yeah, and then not the hours. So two hours yeah. of work, 10 euros in materials. Yeah. And then obviously I do photography and marketing and all of that goes with it too. So there's your 100 euros explained. <laughs> I was wondering if we talk about sustainability of a business... Do you think of yourself as um, a conscious business owner? And if so, in what ways? I definitely try to be in different ways, indeed. Um, I try to use materials again and again. I don't buy wood, for example. I'd rather get wood. And it's not because of I, not because I don't want to spend money on it, more because there is so much wood unused that I'd rather use than get some exotic woods from anywhere over the world. So that's my main goal. Try to get leftover wood that I can use because my spindles are small. So I only need small pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, I'm doing a great job in doing so because uh, there are a lot of artists around there making bigger stuff, bigger st wood stuff. And they all, they all have some leftover materials that I can use. And then that's not 10 euros. So 10 euros is when you have to buy it, then it costs 10 euros, but you try Yeah, that's for to... the sock blockers. Oh, for yeah. the sock blockers. Yeah, we're back to spindles. Are... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, for spindles, I can do it in another way. But for yeah, the yeah. sock blockers, I have to buy wood because that's our, that those are large pieces. Yes. Okay, um, got it. But for the other things, everything that I can reuse, I will reuse. So boxes for sending packages out, they're all reused. That's what I think of right now. Yeah, you, you basically don't need much except for tools. The tools use electricity sometimes, but... Yeah, well, yeah, but I do need a lot of tools. Uh, yeah. I mean, for, uh, just for sanding, I could have three or four different tools. Mm. And if, when I make something, I think every time when I'm making something, I dream about the next sanding tool I'm going to buy that's going to save <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> sock blockers, for example, or when, when, I, when I was making the last sock blockers, my biggest sending tool makes a lot of noise and my neighbors are starting to complain about it. Yeah. Um, and I can't blame them, to be honest. So I was dreaming about my new sending tool that would be, make a lot less noise. How do you do that? How do you do woodworking in your living room when you have neighbors? 
bought one pair of neighbors. They are not friendly neighbors, so I don't mind if they <laughs> if they hear me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but the other neighbors, uh, they're they're really friendly, and I really like them. So I really want to stay friends with them. So I just go over there and I ask when they are at home and when not, especially when I have to make a lot of noise for a long time. And then we'll just discuss when it's a good time for them. And yeah. then I'll just do it then. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. When I do yeah. smaller work, like the wood turning, the wood turning doesn't make as much noise as the sanding. The sanding is the worst. Yeah. yeah. So I have to do the sanding when they, when they aren't at home. So the last time we made the sock blockers, yeah. Uh, was a package for my neighbors but because the neighbors weren't at home because I was doing the sanding. They brought the package to me and he said, oh, you're doing some serious business over there. And he said, well, glad you're home. Yeah, well, glad I'm home. Because the, the neighbors aren't home because I'm doing this serious business. Oh, that was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that you said you don't have to survive on this business, but I think in our communication, you are a true businesswoman. You don't like you don't do anything without thinking about it. You have a clear vision, you have a clear goal, and you really want to get paid for what you do. Do you have business dreams for the future? Oh, yeah, I have so many dreams. Oh, I have so many products I want to develop and I want to make. Tell um, us. I've designed a Nitty Noddy to make. Um, oh, you have to explain what that is. Oh, a Nitty Noddy, yeah. I love the what word. Is, what is, what is, yeah. yeah, the Nitty Noddy is the most fantastic word in the spinning world. Nitty Noddy is a tool um, when you spun some yarn and you want to make a skein. Uh, you wind it on a nitty noddy, and when you do so, nitty noddy has standard length of one winding. So you count the windings on your nitty noddy, and you know what length your yarn in total is. So you, one, you have your skein, and two, you know how much yarn you have made. Uh, and I want to make a nitty noddy that can be used in two ways: a nitty noddy for big skeins and a nitty noddy for small skeins, because Mainly, I focus on spindle knit, spindle spinning. Mm-hmm. So people will have small skeins, and yeah. most of the knitting noddies out there, they are uh, designed for large skeins for yeah. spinning wheels. And even if, if you have a small turtle on your uh, spindle, you want a nice, fancy, small skein out yes. there, and you don't yes. want to get lost on a large knitting noddy. Yeah. No, you don't want to get lost on a on a large nitty nutty. So no, no, we don't want to get lost in the nitty nutty. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want. So, <laughs> I want to be your first customer again. But we we designed it already. We we know how we're gonna make it because yeah. I'm not making it on my own. I have a friend uh, who wants uh, to help with me uh, doing so. He helps me with sock blockers sometimes too. So we designed it with time. Yeah, yeah. But you have until next year because this year I can't buy anything new for myself. (laughs) So (laughs) I promised myself that. So no new items for me, unless you use it first and then I take it off you, then it's not new. And it definitely helps if if there aren't so many people ordering sock blockers because every time when I think, okay, now I have time to start working on the nitty naughty, then you give me a call and say, okay, can you make some new sock blocker? Yeah, but now I've got a few um, still in the shop. So now you have some time. 
Yeah, I have time, but now I don't have the flow. It's not a problem. <laughs> okay. So, but that will come back. That will come that back. That will come back. In time. I have the, the nitty noddy and I have the, the, the Mola Hospital. The Swift. A Swift. Is it the Swift? Yeah. And I want it with an uh, electronic counter as well. So that's <sighs> yeah. Nice. Oh, I'm going to make such beautiful things. <laughs> yeah. You're going to definitely keep an eye on you. Definitely. Well, I I thought about it all about how it's going to work and how it should look like and yeah. how it be, but it's just time. And I have some supported spindles I want to make in different styles uh, because now I make them from one piece of wood and yeah. I want to make them from two pieces of wood. Um, it's, yeah. just, it's just that I'm not educated to be a woodworker, so I have to learn everything myself. Uh, mm -hmm. I, of course, I could take some lessons, but that's not my style. I just, <laughs> I'll just do it by myself. You learn by doing, yeah. Yeah, um, but that's the hard way and it takes the most time. But it usually r works really well for people that really want something because then you can stick to your own tempo and you can kick your own ass <laughs> and you can, you can be kind to yourself if you need to. And uh, it's some people, there's different types of learning and I've always done it the hard way the first couple of years. And then I started learning from experts, which was really fun too. It has its own perks. I guess. Well, yeah. Well, I do have some favorite wood turners uh, on the internet that I like to watch videos from. And mm -hmm. They are really amazing, especially the wood turning. That's 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 some different kind of cup of tea you have to learn. Yeah, yeah. Well. There's so there's the big difference between wood turning and wood carving. There's a there's something different, like. Vitika yeah. Obmer does wood carving, which is yeah. different. Yeah, she, yeah, she makes crochet hooks and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw them. Yeah, no, wood turning is on a lathe, and yeah. uh, that's high speed with chisels, and it's really fun to do. Uh, but every mistake you make, uh, you do get you, start over. <laughs> and, and do, is, do you get hurt sometimes? <laughs> no. Tell me the juicy stories. Do you have all no. your fingers? <laughs> Yeah, I have all 10 fingers. I don't get hurt because I use all my protective uh, wear all the time with oh, every, girl. I do that with every tool I use. Even when I use the, the soles, I use uh, uh, glasses and ear protection. Uh, I have a special mask for dust. So mm -hmm. I look like an alien when I'm at work. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really overprotected. Uh, so nothing happens to me. Nice, good, good to know, good to yeah. know. All right. I think we're coming to the end of our talk. I think it was very, very interesting to hear the whole process and to know that you're working from your living room and <laughs> how you started doing this, which is crazy. And that I forgot that I was your first customer. That was also amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for sharing all of this with us. Oh, you're very welcome. It was very nice to be here. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you really enjoyed that. Uh, before I go, I really wanted to say thank you and give a shout out to my patrons on Patreon. Uh, Karen Smilda, M. Nusla, Anne van Wunsel, Sanna, that is Sanna Lasche, Marianne Mast, Shanna van der Jacht, Megan Kerr, 
Sitske Koyman, Helene Bustad, Evelien van Dorp, Helena Tims, Carmen Jorissen en Anja Rudolf. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. A Smaller Life is more than just a podcast. It's connected to Javol, an indie yarn and tool shop from Rotterdam in the Netherlands, with an online community that's all about bringing back the consciousness in our crafting practice and businesses. The website is www.ja-wol.com. Find our conscious products, learn more about the free community and sign up for our Conscious Knitting Club membership and our weekly newsletter. You can follow me on Instagram at Javol Rotterdam. If you're a regular listener, consider making a monthly contribution and becoming a sponsor through our Patreon page. If you're able to make a financial contribution, it would mean a lot. The show is free for you, but it's not free to produce. If you own a business that fits the narrative, I will happily make a mini commercial for you. If you are a maker, small business owner, or otherwise experienced in running a business with a conscience, or know someone that fits the description and want to tell my listeners about your experiences, get in touch with me via the website or send me a DM on Instagram. Knowing more and choosing with a conscience makes the world better. If you have any questions about an episode or want to leave a note to me and the other listeners, click the button in the latest show notes on the website and talk. One of the easiest things you can do to support the podcast is to leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast on the platform of your choice so you'll never miss an episode. And share it in your social network or even just mentioning it over coffee with a friend. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. Thanks for listening.